You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Low Winter Sun After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Low Winter Sun After Show. Hey, everybody. Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another Low Winter Sun After Show. It is a very, very special uh, installment. We have a special interview with uh, Nicolas Shrelly, who, uh, who is one of Damon's gang members on the show. Uh, he plays guests on the show. Howdy. Uh, welcome. I am, uh, as always, Matt Lieberman, and joining me tonight is the fantastic Steph Z. What's up? Yeah, it's it's weird to be doing this show on a Wednesday instead of a Sunday, but it's also really cool because we are breaking in the brand new Studio C. Studio C popping the cherry. Absolutely. And it's like a double dose this week. We got oh, yeah. a double dose of low winter sun. Yeah. I'm kind of all for that. Double dose of low winter sun, double dose of guests, uh, which is super, super awesome. Um, Nicola, thank you for joining us thank tonight. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's a sweet spot up in here. Made thank you. Voyage. Thank you. Yeah. We um, up in here. <laughs> you can sing if you'd like. Yeah. Nah, Singing is totally I You're allowed to sing. sing. We encourage it. We're not, we're not there yet. Okay. Oh, Maybe we later. will be there. <laughs> we'll be there. We'll be there. Just give us 20 minutes. Give us 20 minutes. We'll give you the world. You guys yeah. are fun. Um, so where we last left off uh, in the series, you guys are about to go to war. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with Papa T, Reverend Lowdown, yeah. Skelos is going to get back in the picture. It seems like, and uh, we have a casualty. Yeah. Michael is down. My homeboy, James Harvey Ward. Yeah, who, uh, plays Michael. Just got uh, he got clipped. Yeah, he, he got, got clipped. clipped. Uh, he did a great job. It was uh, intense stuff, but kind of goes with the territory, you know. Yeah. So, um, essentially, you know, we're we're trying to come up. And, you know, that, that world is a very segregated world. And, um, you know, as, as Papa T said, he didn't, you know, pay his taxes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good. It's really good. I mean, I, I don't want to talk too much because it's so interwoven. I don't want to ruin anything, but it's, yeah. it's, it's getting good. You're allowed. Yeah. Oh, I am. Okay. Well, no spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, 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 but yeah. Unless you say spoiler. But, okay, um, is that how you do it? Is that the kinda, protocol around kinda, here? Kinda. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, we play by our own rules. Yeah, nice. we do. We like to. I like your too. hair. You guys both yeah. got great hair. Yeah, thank you. That's your own rule stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, real quick, I have a question about that. The sure. whole paying taxes thing. Right. Like, why is that? Imp- is it? Is that like legit? Just paying your like? What does that really translate to? Because you wouldn't think that. You know what I mean? Like, I know people who run companies and they don't completely pay their taxes, so to speak. They'll do some stuff under the under the table or this or that. Like, why is that so important? Or, or well, what does that really I mean? mean? Paying, like, do you know? You know, like, it's yeah. clearly it's not like paying, paying the government. But, like, what is... Is, uh... Like, paying your dues or... It's, it's, a, it's an urban street term. Okay. Um, you know, when you're talking Detroit specifically, again, Detroit... Um, is a very segregated, you know, town. Right. Um, 
you have black, you have white, you have Middle Eastern, you have Greek, you have Italian, you have Albanian. And there are legitimate territories as far as the underworld. And this is, you know, speaking for real. Right. Outside of Low and the Sun. And so, you know, when, when Damon, James Ronson's character, um, is trying to set up shop, um, you know, dealing with Papa T and, and Reverend Lowdown, it's it's basically, hey, you gotta you know, you gotta take care of us. Right. So he essentially was, was trying to be cheap and mm. trying to do like a one shot deal and that obviously didn't, you know, go over well, hence the double cross and hence right. Michael's death. So paying taxes is, is more or less you know, it's just a term, like, hey, if I'm going to set up shop uh, across the street from the studio, you guys are going to say, yo, what's going on? And you yeah. know. It's almost yeah. like Reverend Lowdown and Papa T are governing that area. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're going to do something in our area, we're the government, you need to pay us our taxes. Well, you know, flip the script. Picture um, a black crew wanting to go into Greektown with, uh, with Stilos. Stilos. Yeah, yeah right. he would want the taxes or his, you know, his cut. money. Yeah, yeah. His cut. Yeah. And Damon also wasn't entirely forth, uh, forthcoming with Reverend yeah. Lowdown about his connections to Skelos. Yeah, he left a, a gray zone. Yeah. Kind of. It's funny, too, because I feel like the way that Damon's character is, he's leaving a gray zone, but some of it is intentional, but some of it is just because he doesn't know. Like, he's not prepared. He's not organized. No. You feel like he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's winging so, it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. He's, he's winging so it. He's winging it a lot of bit. Yeah. <laughs> In way over his head. Totally. Yeah. But but is it all intentional? I mean, I think he, he wants it to be intentional, so he looks cool, but he really has no idea what he's yeah. doing. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's 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 kind of like this this kamikaze state of mind, like, you know, roll the dice. Right. And... Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's he's the kind of person he's he's fueled by this intense uh inferiority complex, right? right. You know, his father was kicking up to Skelos his whole life and never made anything of himself. And Damon's like, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be the exact opposite. And you know what? I'm going to be Skelos. Right. Without, without paying his dues, without paying his taxes, without really learning anything, he thinks he's owed all this stuff. Yeah, entitlement. Yeah. yeah. Entitlement. He's very, very entitled. Yeah. And, uh, and it's almost like he's doing it just for that reason alone. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's not like he, he has a passion or, like, a desire for, for this power. Like, it's more like he's doing it to prove a point rather than for the reasons that someone else might do something like this. Like, power or... You know, like, oh, totally. Uh, granted, there's power involved, but it's like, it's more of like, cut off your nose to spite your face is what No, it's not like... I don't think he necessarily cares about being the boss man and, like, being no. able to make decisions. He cares about the trappings that come with that. And the fact that people would then have to respect him. Exactly. They'd have to look up to him. Yeah. Um, now, I want to I talk to you about... So, Gus has been kind of... He's kind of a loose cannon. Like, like led by a loose cannon. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you got you were the first one to pop yeah. off a shot. Yeah. I mean, okay? You started it. You yeah. started it, yeah. man. You got Michael killed. It's What's up fault. with that? I mean, <laughs> resistance, you know? I mean, yeah. somebody had to, you know, put yeah. up a little fight. Right. And I think Gus is essentially, you know, just a, a hard-headed loyalist. Yeah. You know? and, and do you, do you feel that Gus's intention was like a protection thing, or was it more just an anger thing? Response. It was just absolutely. Response. It was just right. Response. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't. There's people that um, you know. I know a lot of Gus's. Um, 
But, you know, some people think about consequences. Right. You know, I when I was coming up, I would think before I acted. Right. But then you got hardheads that went the other way. Yeah. You know? And uh, I think that's what Gus is. He just right. doesn't know any better. Yeah. He's he's kind of like, he's a soldier, you yeah. know? He's, he's, he's definitely, he's one of the rank and file, and uh, he, he doesn't think anything through. But also, on the same note, I feel like he's also still really pissed about what happened to his hand. Yeah. yeah, and he'd he'd love he'd love to get some of those guys and knock them down a peg. I mean, you it's, were like it's the on. guinea pig. You I were mean, like it's, the show. it's on, and uh, I think as the weeks progress, we'll we'll see the result of that. But um, again, Gus is down for Damon's vision, mm-hmm. where you know, again, as we we see the weeks progressing, some other people are not wanting to take that ride. Spoiler yeah. alert, and uh, but yeah, I mean, I. I got my hand fried. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Literally. It was pretty gruesome. Yeah. It was yeah. it was whack. But it was all for the cause, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, now with Michael gone, Michael was kind of like, he was the second in command. Yeah. He was uh, Damon's right-hand man. He'd give Damon, you know, all of his advice, his counsel. Does Gus's role in the organization start to change with this with this big I, death? I think the onus is, is more on Nick. The mm-hmm. shifting of now Nick becoming right. more, more you know, central, more not only central but but actually focusing a little bit. Where Nick is like before when, when we've seen his character evolve and, and intro, he was just a weirdo, you know, yeah. he was a wacko, right? You know, with the post traumatic stress, and now he gets very level headed. So it's it's more about Nick and and Gus is always kind of the the anchor, mm-hmm. but I don't think Gus is is thinking. You know, it's right. more about playing off of what Damon wants to do. Yeah. But but again, as the season progresses, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> Gus has kind of got to hold it down while Nick and Damon figure some things out. So Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. And I, I think it's very interesting as well that Michael was the one that died because we actually interviewed James last week. Nice. And he made it a point to say that his character never did drugs, yeah. never had a gun. Like, his character was, like, you know, the grounded one yeah, of the bunch. Absolutely. And, and I don't think anyone else, any other character was like that. Like, Nick's kind of crazy. You're a loose cannon. Like, everyone's kind of got their thing. Yeah. And Michael was, like, the grounded, you know, for lack of a better word, honest character. And he's gone now. So I think that might have been a... A, a turn as well. Well, that's you know this this show is it's it's very well written and yeah. it's it's about real people that that are hit with with choices and shit consequences and vice versa. You know, and and I think that's true to life. It's it's a very real show. And right. uh, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? And right. and again, it, it goes with. I know so many people. Yeah, I'm originally from Detroit, and. Um, you know, and I had many conversations with with Chris Mundy, the the writer, and you know the showrunner, and it's it's kind of like art imitating life, where I, I know so many people that were just kind of caught situationally that went to jail, caught a case, got shot, et cetera, et cetera. Where you know, with Michael, you know, maybe had he left a couple years prior to pursue a real career, or, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you're from Detroit. Did they find you locally, or were you out here when you got cast? You know, I was. I it, it's an interesting story. Um, I was here. I'd just come off Hostel Three. I was in L.A. Mm-hmm. and I heard about this series, and I was so homesick. 
and it obviously was was great material and I, I wanted to be involved but LA the casting wouldn't see me out here they said that I didn't have the right look and blah 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 blah, blah. so through my kind of Detroit film mafia underworld ties out there I uh, I got in front of Ernest Dickerson and uh, Chris Mundy and you know we met and I read and they dug me and it, it worked out perfect because I got to sleep in my own bed and I still have house and family and stuff out there yeah. so it was awesome yeah it really was I did I actually I did a little research today and I, I saw <laughs> that you were born and raised in Detroit and I, like one of my big questions is do you think it, it does justice to the feel of Detroit this show because we feel it's honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously biased, but no, right. I, that's I, what I'm saying. Well, but that's you're not I, biased. You're educated. Yes. You know. I, I will say that it was one of the first um, in a in a TV or a film medium that really hit it right. In, in Detroit, is so hard to write. Like as as an insider, like we we talked about Sprague earlier. Right. You know, I, I try to put myself in her shoes as an actress coming from LA to Detroit. But as an insider, um, used to Hollywood stuff that's sugar-coated and then actually seeing real Detroit for Detroit, I think they did a good job. Because it's, it's very hard. Again, it's, it's, it's very segregated. You have to kind of make everybody happy. So yeah, right. I, I think the way that they balanced you know, the, the, the main line with the cops, um, that's very real. I mean, there are dirty cops and dirty politicians in Detroit. And they're, they're hitting it out the park. Right. Um, but the, the whole kind of... Greek skilos. I mean, there were and are real skiloses, and uh, right. the feel, the 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 whole vibe, the way that it looks, and, and and all of that. I mean, it's 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 good. I mean, they yeah. they did a good job with it. Because you've been in other things, like weren't you in the like, Eight Mile? I think no, I wasn't oh. in it. I I worked on the film. Okay. But so uh, another yeah. film that was yeah. you know about Detroit, yeah. Yeah. filmed in Detroit. Sure. So was was it comparable to something like that, or was this like one of the best things true to Detroit? I mean, Eight Mile was about one specific kind of, you know, the underground freestyle rap scene that was kind of born right. out of that whole, you know, Detroit. great Royce Five Nine Eminem era of right. the mid nineties, yeah. and uh, that was just about that. Where, you know, Low When the Sun is a lot more. It's it's, it's a lot more open. It's about the city right. where. I feel like the city is a character, and where Eight Mile was just more about this one character and a struggle, and yeah. so yeah. it's kind of hard to compare. Yeah. It's kind of awesome though that you here you are born and raised in Detroit, you yeah. know, being able to work on projects about your home city, you know. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, no doubt. I think that's kind of awesome. No doubt. I mean, it was such a, I mean, just driving to work every day and like passing by old street. I mean, we we did on one, uh, forget what episode. Or we, I think the last episode we filmed. Um, at this chop shop, and I knew the owner's son from That's the awesome. spot Lush, this this Hamtramck, it's a little area of Detroit, and uh, a friend of his had gotten into a scuffle with a friend of mine, and now he's like, oh, you're acting now? So we hugged, and, you know, yeah. it was like, <laughs> squash. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it was funny. You know, so a lot of that happened. But, you know, you I, I, I feel like you you need that. You know, if you're going to do a real show, yeah. you, you need to feel like you're in a real place. I mean, as an as an actor, you need to feel it. I mean, that that wouldn't have popped off yeah. had we done it in Toronto. For Absolutely, yeah. no. the yeah. The atmosphere is just palpable, and it's what sets the yeah. show apart. There's so yeah. many crime dramas, and many of them feature dirty cops and you know feature criminals and so on. 
it, it's the visceral. Look, yeah, yeah, it's visceral. It, yeah. You're you're plugged right into that that whole scene, and it, it makes it just that much more entertaining and that much more just just grittier. Yeah, absolutely. Right. All right, I have a very important question sure. for you, and it might rock the foundations of your soul. <laughs> All right, this, you ready? Can't answer my social ready? security number, man. American or Lafayette? Uh, uh oh, don't. Lafayette. Lafayette. Yeah. All right. Honest. That's yeah. a, that's a good question though. Yeah. Is it, <laughs> I've you heard know, the irony of of Coney Islands in yeah. in mean, Detroit. There's, there's literally in in Greeks and Albanians. I'm Albanian, a first generation Albanian, but we have a monopoly on this Coney Island restaurant slash diner craze, whatever you want to call it. But nobody, even in Detroit, has been able to answer me with a straight face. Is why. We call these diners Coney Islands. I've been asking this question since I was a little kid because Coney Island is obviously associated with Brooklyn. Yeah. Where when you strip it down, it's the diner. But every mile, half mile, every corner is a Coney Island. And it's just – it's it's a hot dog diner. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's for Nathan's hot dogs yeah. on Coney Island. But yeah. those aren't necessarily served with chili and onions. Yeah. So at the same – so you're right. I have no idea where that comes I, from. I don't know. And there's a, a Greek guy um, – Giftus, Jimmy Giftus, the great Jimmy Giftus, who owns National Coney Island and National Chili Company. And all of the Coney Islands in the Detroit, Metro Detroit area, get all of their chili for their Coney's from this guy. And I asked him. Like, I met the, the Coney legend. And uh, I think I was like King 13. Coney. Yeah, it was King, King Coney. Coney. Yeah. And I asked him, like, straight up. like, And when I asked him, he, like, he looked at me like, like it was just some atrocity or, you know, it was blasphemous question. So I was like, all right, man, I'm sorry. But, uh, I mean, there's some really good conies yeah. with a lot more than hot dogs. So, But I would go to Lafayette before American. Next okay. time you're in Detroit, you're my guest. All right. So. Thank you. Thank right. you for the Now for the I info. want one. I've yeah. been there, and I never even knew about this Coney thing until yeah. this show. I can almost taste the chili. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit more about about the production of the show sure. like do you have do you have like a, a scene in particular that was just like a blast to shoot um or your and, worst yeah yeah i had a I'll, well i'll give you a good one a bad one uh, right. me and mr james harvey ward who plays michael who yeah. was recently deceased we had a scene where we had to carry um these pigs from oh yeah it was cut it wasn't in it and it was so much fun just holding these big ass pigs and knocking around, you know, bumping into people with these pigs, and uh, yeah. we got to chop a pig's head off, and none of it made it. Um, but the worst was the, uh, the the arm getting fried because that was such. When you read it, it's such a brilliant scene, mm-hmm. but when you have to do it, it was just hot and stuff flying everywhere, and it was just like. We Wait, what did get they right. stick your hand in? Just grease. It just, wasn't like hot. Grease. No, no, yeah. it was just a great, yeah. you know, great post. Yeah. But it, it was just <laughs> one of those things a lot better written than done, you know, yeah. <laughs> because right. it was just it was a pain and it was stuff everywhere and we we had to get it right within a take or two because it, we just couldn't keep doing it. It was just flying everywhere. But uh, you know, it when you do those types of of, of, of shows and films and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's not fun to make. I mean, we're not doing a thing on an island where we're all in thongs, lemon thongs, and drinking, you know, mojitos. I mean, it's... It's work. Yeah, it's Detroit. I mean, that's what people want to see. So, you know, you have to endure while you're making it, you know, to to, to represent that type of life. 
totally. Yeah. I feel like, too, there's a very interesting irony about Detroit and it recently filing bankruptcy. Yeah. And, and Hollywood is bringing so much production there. It's like one of the most rich, you know, and the entertainment industry, like Hollywood. But you know what I mean? It's like they're bringing this into this place that's so run down. Sometimes I almost think it's like they're taking advantage of it in yeah. a way. You know what I mean? Oh, and, yeah. and like I know that they're putting money back in and it's a good thing, but it's like it's kind of like well, being from Detroit. Do you have any like I mean feeling to it? Or, I, you, or are you happy that they're filming? I that? you know before I really got busy in front of the camera and started getting busy with films, TV, etc. I was was sort of a, a location kind of tour guide to some different you know producers and production reps that had come out and I would, would take them out to locations because I had a, a landlord in real estate past and uh, for me um, I, I could see what you're saying I mean that that place has been so under and so behind for so long you know you, you, you want anything right. you yeah. know be it tangible be it a factory be it you know a new industry be it tech be it film I mean you, you want something happening um, right. So I, I think the people are receptive to the incoming activity. Um, but from Hollywood's perspective, you know, let's face it, you know, Hollywood's going to go where they got to go to get the project done. So yeah. if they got to recreate Paris and Mississippi or Toledo or Detroit or Atlanta or, you know, uh, another hot one is, is New Orleans, they're going to go. I mean, it's about getting the money to make the film or the show. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the good thing, though, about Detroit, it, it really, it's wide open. And I mean, you know, when you try to compare like the landscape and land of Detroit versus like Chicago or New York, yeah, it's so much easier to get stuff done and to blow shit up and just, you know, there's there's not a lot of you know red tape. You can just make it happen, right? So that's why it's it's kind of a win win for both Detroit and and Hollywood. And then also outside of Detroit, you know, if you want country, if you want, you know, there's there's such a great you know landscape outside of that city, and it's still relatively quick. Um, right. You know, like, it's it's just a very scenic, you know, the suburbs and, and the UP and the, the water. And it, it's very diverse there. You know, there's texture, there's flatland, there's hilly. So I, I think as long as the state keeps supporting um, this new industry, yeah, like like you, you know, you indicated with, with this, this new momentum of Hollywood coming in, right. I think there's something good there, you know, and they should keep giving it work a chance to Work is work, man. Yeah, yeah, work is work. You know, absolutely. I mean, there's so many people that... You know, did well with with Transformers was just there for like three months, and I mean, hundreds were working. You know, yeah. and they built sets, and there was stuff that just wasn't there before. So, you know, I'm all for it as a as a native Detroiter and a filmmaker. I mean, for sure, let it go. Yeah, yeah, totally. I like that. Um, now you can tell me if you can't answer this, sure. but uh, do you uh, do you get to have any scenes with Mark or Lenny this season? I I do not, and okay. I'm glad I don't. <laughs> because those are two tough guys. Yeah. Uh, but me and Miss Carcanas, mm-hmm. um, Athena Carcanas, yes, um, the lead uh, who plays Danny. Danny, yeah, who plays Miss Miss Danny Khalil. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an interesting scene. Um, oh, so that's when the world. She gonna start- try and make out with you too? Yeah. Are you about to swoop in now? <sighs> us, that she's been us, dissed. Us bald men, you know. Oh um, my god. <laughs> you know the worlds collide. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we do get a chance to cross paths. But, uh, you know, they're just good actors. I mean, really, like, that is just a deep show. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, everybody, I mean, from James Ronson to Sprague to, to Athena, I mean, everybody's just so good. Everybody's killing it every week. Yeah. I mean, Lenny James is like, 
Yeah. We were at a rap party, and I pulled him aside. I'm like, man, it's just like, it's like a joy to watch him work. Like, he's just a next-level actor. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, he's, he's good. He's in, there's actors and there's artists. And, like, oh, yeah. Mark Strong and Lenny James, like, what you see, you know, on screen is one thing, but actually getting an opportunity to see him do it, it was like, you know, like, I want to say, like, DVD extras, but in the physical form, you know, right. for me. Yeah. So, because I was a huge fan of Lenny James, and then just watching him in person was like, wow. Yeah. And it also just speaks to the quality of the material. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's that scene between uh, Mark and the guy who plays Sean on the doorstep with the yeah. cat and the crack. Trevor yeah. Long. Trevor Long. Trevor. Yeah. yeah. He's dope. Unbelievable scene. Yeah. yeah. Well, it definitely shows, because everyone kind of has each other's back, and you guys create this safe space to really, yeah. like, let yourself go and, and be what you're there to be, which I think is a beautiful thing. I mean, yeah. that sounds a little corny, but, like, it really is. Like, everyone's kind of just creating this space for each I mean, other. The thing is, too, like, this is a film that's essentially, you know, it's chopped up over 10 weeks, where this, you know, you have, like, other cop procedurals, like Law and Order, where it's like, get them in, get them out, get them in, get them out. It's a cookie cutter, where... This is like like you just said. It's it's this this. I don't I don't even know the word to describe it, but it's like you know we're all there and yeah. we're all like trapped in Detroit, and it's like, it's like you, a dysfunctional family. Yeah, yeah. you got to make it making make this it. novel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so some talented people. I mean, yeah. in front of the camera, behind the camera, and uh, you know AMC doesn't mess around. And in the thought of like Detroit as a landscape, I mean, it's 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 good. You know, we're like 187 was kind of PG, kind of Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, this is AMC and its character and Detroit. It's it's a it's a special mix. Yeah, right. totally. Um, do you have any any further questions for? I do. I yeah. actually um, I read as well that you're working on your own project yeah. that you wrote called Landlord. Yeah. yeah, and it's loosely based on on your experience. Yeah, yeah, we shot it. We shot yeah. it. Really? Tell us about that. Well. Um, we did the pilot for Low Winter Sun last year in September, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, I had the script, and it, it essentially, yeah, it's called Landlord, and uh, it's it's based on, I mean, loosely based on my early 20s, the landlord, Hamtramck, kind of an ethnic, diverse section of Detroit, um, and, you know, I, I just, I had these, these, these different scenes, and it was like, how can I get them all together about my experiences as collecting rent and dealing with the underbelly of society, and... Uh, I think it was like downtime when I was making abduction with um, with Taylor Lautner and, and John mm-hmm. Singleton. Singleton was like, you know, man, just write it, you know. And he was like, yeah, just write it. So I kind of got a, a, a light bulb going, and I, I, I wrote it, and it was just like draft after draft after draft. And I, I kept calling like my LA writer friends, like, how do you do this and how do you do that? And finally, it got to a place where I felt, you know, it was was comfortable enough to present. And um, I had some interest from some Hollywood types, but I, I would never. I was never going to get it made on, yeah. on a bigger scale right. and, and me be the lead. And, you know, I'm a now kind of guy in a rush. You know, I'd, I'd lost so many years in Detroit and not in L.A. Whereas, like, you know what, I got to make this. And um, so there was a little window after the pilot of Low Winter Sun where everybody that goes out on big jobs kind of comes back to their their families in Detroit yeah. and they're they're off. So I I knew the kind of the production landscape and I knew I can get a lot of people for nothing. So we had a window, like, right before Low Winter Sun started, and, and we shot it. We did a lot for a little, and um, it's in post right now. The guy who did Street Thief, very critically mm-hmm. acclaimed director, Malik Bader, he, he did it. And we just did it our way. Um, and it's, it's just it's dope. I mean, it's, it's a really unique, fresh story, and it 
kind of demonstrates my voice as as a Detroit filmmaker with with no you know rules of right. a Hollywood development except writing Detroit dialogue you know so great that's really exciting yeah, we're cutting Looking. it and uh, it's going to be a dope little indie when do you think we'll be able to see it I think it'll start making a festival rounds like early year sweet yeah great well we'll Can't keep wait. you guys keep will be posting. in the loop yeah, yeah better sure. be in the loop yeah, yeah. <laughs> please let us know yes alright um, we, we unfortunately have to wrap up but uh, talking too we much just, over here no, no you're no. great you're fantastic uh, thank you so much thank for coming yeah. in thank it was really really awesome uh, we will be back on Sunday with yes. the newest episode of Low Winter Sun, yeah. so please come back for that. Uh, Steph Z, where can the people find you? The people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at I-A-M-S-T-E-F-Z. Okay, and Nicola, where can the people find you? At Nicola Shrelly, N-I-C-K-O-L-A-S-H-R-E-L-I. Fantastic. And you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find me here on AfterBuzz TV on the Breaking Bad, Under the Dome, and Sons of Anarchy after shows. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you on Sunday. Thank you so much for coming. Peace. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.